Hello and welcome to the Put a Ring on It podcast, a podcast from me, Danielle Pasternak, wedding coordinator of DP Knack Weddings. And me, Daniel Moyer of Daniel Moyer Photography. The Put a Ring on It podcast is for brides, grooms, and anyone planning a wedding who wants insider knowledge, behind the scenes stories, and downright sensible wedding planning advice. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to the Put a Ring on It podcast. This is your host, Dan Moyer with... Danielle Pasternak here. Today we have Brie Ryback on the show. Danielle, take it away. So Brie Ryback is the brilliant and sweetie pie editor and founder of the DC wedding blog, um, Capital Romance. Not only has she achieved my lifelong dream of having her house featured on House, but this gal is also one stand-up wedding coordinator. Brie just celebrated her five-year anniversary to her main squeeze, Andy, and they have one pumpkin of a little girl who is just... (laughs) Positively adorable. Um, So we're talking with Brie today because I'm one of her several thousand followers on Twitter and have had the pleasure of getting to know her throughout the years. And I just absolutely love her approach to wedding days. So Dan and I were talking and thought she would really bring something extra special to you guys and unique. And we're just truly honored to have her here with us today. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Um, I'm really pumped to be here. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So after that crazy introduction, uh, Brie, I would like to ask how you, what's your story? How did you get started in as a wedding consultant? Sure. So it definitely was not for me something that it was like my lifelong dream to work in weddings at all. I really wasn't one of those girls that was like planning my wedding in eighth grade and couldn't wait to get married. And once we got engaged, though, I kind of fell right into it and loved all the aspects of planning. And I really liked doing it in Washington, D.C., where I live and where we got married. Um, And at the time, back in 2010, it was kind of a frightful wedding scene. It was very traditional, very opulent, very expensive. And none of those things were really describing what Andy and I wanted for our wedding. And so after the wedding was over, we felt like, wow, like there's got to be other people like us out here that kind of want to do their own thing or maybe something a little different, maybe don't have $80,000 to spend on a wedding in DC. (laughs) And I was just like, you know, kind of frustrated with my day job. And I was like, man, maybe I should just start a blog and try and find these people, these vendors that want cooler couples and the couples that want to, you know, have different vendors. And that was really how it all got started. So the blog Hmm. came first. And then a friend said, hey, you'd be a great wedding coordinator. You want to coordinate my wedding? And I said, okay, (laughs) I'll try. (laughs) And I did it. And I had a blast. And the wedding coordination business came after that. So I've just been rolling ever since then. That's wow. very cool, Brie. And just to um, just to clarify here too, Brie's blog is Capital Romance. Um, and if you go to her website, it's www.capitalromance.com. And capital is C-A-P-I-T-O-L. For those of us that weren't as good in spelling class, it's but not it's, capital like a capital letter. It's capital like DC capital. <laughs> but I got smart pretty early on and I actually owned the domain with it <gasps> A-L. So it oh. works fine anyway. <laughs> She's a businesswoman, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> Major brownie points in our book. Yeah. <laughs> That's very cool. Awesome. So I think, Brie, you and I have talked about this privately on a few different occasions, but you, um, you've you said on a few times that you identify more as being called like more of a wedding coordinator, or I even heard you say the word wedding concierge, which is a word I love because I feel like I'm really similar to that, too, versus being more of um, a quote-unquote wedding planner. So do you feel like those are two different things? Oh, for sure. And it's the very first thing when I sit down with clients on our initial consult and I'm like, well, let me break this down for you first. Because what I find is 
generally speaking, people might not know the difference. If you've never planned a wedding before, maybe you haven't read a wedding book or a blog. You don't really totally know. Fair. You, you probably just lump us all under planners and think, well, right. we just do wedding things for you. You know, they don't really get it. Yeah. So and that's OK. Just, it's, oh, it's, totally it's, fine. Totally. Right. Fine. I had no idea. I think all the time of the things I didn't know when I planned my wedding, I'm like, wow, I was lucky that it all came out OK. <laughs> But really, for me, you know, I say concierge or even like wedding consultant because um, I want the couples to plan. I want them to do their own planning. But what I am is kind of that email, that back pocket resource that they can bounce ideas off of or ask questions um, and provide them some sort of context and or professional answer in the background. But I'm not going to the meetings with them like a planner might. I'm not finding their vendors outside of providing them recommendations. I'm not doing the actual wedding planning. Um, and to me, that's the big difference between a planner who's probably doing those things on behalf of a couple, maybe making a decision, maybe going to the tastings with them um, versus a coordinator would just say, how was your tasting? Did you like it? Or maybe before they went say, hey, well, why don't you just ask these couple things or be on the lookout for this? Um, but I defer a lot to my couples to make more of their key decisions. And then I'm just there if they need me. Right. I, I completely agree with that. I really feel like when a couple shows up to their wedding, it should feel like their wedding still. Oh, my God. Yes. And you want to give them all the information in the world to make a really good decision based on that. Definitely. But at the end of the day, it needs to be their wedding. So how would you say then a venue coordinator? So a venue coordinator is a little bit of a different role. They work more for the venue. But a lot of times I think I hear a lot. We don't need a, a wedding planner or a wedding coordinator, whatever. We have somebody at our venue that does it. Sure. Um, yeah, we hear that all the time, right? <laughs> and that's and that's a good thing. <laughs> I like being like a third person on this because I've always wanted to know the answer to this question too. So I'm just gonna sit back and like let you guys kind of hash this one out. <laughs> sure. And it's definitely not like a one size fits all. I mean, there's some. Totally. I'm sure there's some venue coordinators out there that do go above and beyond and might help you with things like your layouts, or maybe they will drive your timeline for you during your wedding day. But I would say on average, a venue coordinator is really just helping you with just the venue. So maybe they're giving you the contract for the venue. They're saying, okay, we provide heat. We you know, need you in at this time. We need you out at that time. I know in DC, a lot of the venue coordinators aren't even there that actual wedding day. They might work with you ahead of time. But then it's somebody else that's actually there during the event, probably sitting in an office, just making sure everything's going okay. Um, so in terms of what a wedding coordinator or a wedding planner might actually be doing for you, that's probably different than a venue coordinator would be maybe setting up your decorations or really interfacing with the vendors that are coming and showing up and making sure all of that's running smoothly. And then really the key, at least for me and what I provide for a day of coordination plan is uh, running the timeline. So really making sure things are showing up when they're supposed to, things are getting set up properly, and then we're hitting all the times at the right times um, for dinner and toast and all those things to make your day smooth. Um, most <laughs> hitting all those times, fingers crossed. Not gonna do that. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, things yeah. always happen, but we plan for that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Buffers well, and everything. <laughs> yeah. Is the venue coordinator basically the same thing as like a mater D, like the person who's just kind of like I'm trying to find a comparison. So I think it depends a lot on your venue. Mm. Your if if your venue's also your caterer, meaning they're providing the food, sometimes your banquet manager or maitre d or whatever it is is also the venue coordinator. I think and Brie, your experience may be different here, but in my sure. experience, the venue coordinator is more of the sales manager for the venue in booking and explaining to the couple how the wedding typically flows. Right. 
And if there's a separate person in charge of the kitchen, that's them. Sometimes that venue coordinator is running both roles where they're they're in charge of the food portion of things as well. But it really depends on the venue. But no matter what, they've got a huge responsibility on their shoulders in making sure that the venue is running properly and the food's coming out on time if that's part of their role too. So Mm -hmm. for them to also be worrying about what happens when your bustle's breaking or is your mom ready for the for you to cut cake and his dad have his jacket on for the father-daughter dance, those aren't those aren't responsibilities that they're <laughs> no, thinking about because they've got typically. other responsibilities. Right, right, exactly. Right, they're sitting around making sure maybe, you know, the lights are supposed to get dimmed for dinner or just really anything mm-hmm. in terms of like the infrastructure or the, the venue space, really. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a ceremony that's happening off-site, they're very unlikely involved in any of that. They're not right. going to be there for, for any of that part of things. If it's on site, right. then maybe, but um, that's all part of when you're building your day, all those things that you want to make sure who's responsible for what and what roles. So, Exactly. Okay. Okay. So as a wedding coordinator, what what are the main things that you are giving your couples on the wedding day itself? Sure. So, and again, you know, it's probably going to vary a month of coordinator, day of coordinator, or maybe someone who's a little bit more on the planning side, but still calls himself a coordinator. You know, there's kind of gray areas there, but I would say generally speaking, and again, what I provide as a wedding coordinator down in DC um, is really the support to make sure that day and or weekend goes exactly how a couple wants it, but also smoothly because I won't say exactly how they want it. Cause sometimes the things that they say to me, I'm like, well, that's not realistically going to happen. Or if you want that, we have to do A, B, C, or D. So when I work with my couples, it's mostly to build out a timeline that's really their start to finish day when they both wake up in the morning all the way to the last vendor out the door at the venue. Um, and then making a space through layouts and flow and table space and setup that is conducive to that timeline. So Danielle and I joked before about having buffers. I mean, that's a huge, huge part, especially in D.C. when you have terrible traffic. It doesn't matter when. Um, you can always account for construction or something. So people are like, oh, it's only a mile away. And I'm like, yep, we'll put 20 minutes down there for that. Um, always, always. And I'm like, well, what's, you know, and if they look at me funny, I'm like, what's the worst case scenario here, guys? You get there a little early and have time to relax before your wedding ceremony? Like, that's not a bad thing. Or maybe you have a little extra time for pictures. Like, that's also not a bad thing. So I'd say Definitely for me, not a bad thing. No, no way. <laughs> Says the photographer, right? No, no photographer is like, oh, God, we only have 10 minutes to get, you know, all the family portraits done. Yeah, right. Um, so it's really about coordinating that day. And, and for me, it's kind of trying to make sure there's no risk involved and making it really smooth. I'm so, Are you sure you're not a Virgo, Brie? Gemini. <laughs> you, uh, your, your brain, I feel like, thinks like a Virgo. <laughs> Or at least I feel like it thinks like my brain because it's always like, oh, yeah, it's only five minutes away. Sure. 20 minutes is what we're going to put down. (laughs) I love to overcompensate and be early. And yes, all those things. Well, because like you said, what's what's, if the worst thing that happens is is if you show up a little bit early and by a little bit, it's really like five, 10 minutes. Right. Because it's never the peace of mind that you're there. Yep. Versus stressing because something happened or you're stuck in traffic or there's a detour. It's never worth that stress. The, the payoff and the risk. Oh, do you have any, and this question is from a photographer to both of you to, sure. to maybe help kind of understand, you know, people out, anyone listening out there, like what does a, a coordinator um, actually do? And so I wonder if I can, if either of you have any examples or stories from of a wedding day where like your job was clutch, like you almost couldn't have done it without 
having a coordinator there or just just a behind the scenes story. Every time I'm hired, Dan. I used to say the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Drop the mic. No, I think I mean, I don't know that this directly answers the question, but I would say for me at the end of the night when the parents or the family or the couple come up to me and they're just like, like, wow, it just it went so smooth. It's like people expect a wedding day to be chaotic and crazy. And yes, the emotions are high and it can be chaotic and crazy. But for me, like my job is to make sure that that is not put on the family or the couple. And they hopefully don't really see any of that craziness behind the scenes. So how can I coordinate that? It's talking to the vendors ahead of time. It's building a timeline that allows for the buffers and and doing these things so that no one's really realizing just how crazy it is in the background for not only the couples and their family, but the other vendors too. I mean, I love when the other vendors tell me, wow, it was so great to have a coordinator here because let's be honest, when there's no coordinator, it falls on somebody pushing the timeline. Sometimes they get stuck on a DJ, right? Because they got the microphone and they got to play the cake cutting song. So they need to know what time that needs to happen. Um, a lot of times it might fall on a, f- a photographer because they're like, oh God, the ceremony starts at three. We're still two. We're doing pictures. Like we got to move this along. Right. It's going to fall on somebody if, if there is no planner or coordinator involved. And while it's safe to say, too, that it's okay that it does fall on other people's roles, but when things like that are falling on your DJ and your photographer and all those other people, that takes them away from being able to do the job that you hired them to do. Well said. Thank you. Yes. I've been practicing that line. (laughs) No, but but it's so true. It it really is true. And if you have someone who's there on your wedding day who's really dedicated to just making sure all the pieces of the puzzle are coming together as you want them to, it takes so much stress off off of you as Bree said, but also off of your other vendors who are all working together to really make the day happen because that's that's why everybody's there is to make the day happen for, for you guys as a couple. So or, or like a family member too. You know, sometimes people will be like, oh, my sister offered to make sure that, you know, things are going to go smooth through the day. And, and again, that might work for some people and that might be fine. But then is your sister really able to fully enjoy the day if she's a bridesmaid or maybe she can't even really physically be where she needs to be to coordinate vendors if she's out doing pictures and there's things happening at the reception hall. So you kind of need this third party, not involved person in your family to really rely on to make sure that's all really happening. And that's their and that's our main focus in the day. It's our only focus, really. (laughs) And no matter what um, any coordinator or planner, consultant, whatever, no matter what we do, there's still an emotional side of the day that's going to be stressful and and stressful in, in all different types of the word because we can't take away the fact that you're about to make a really huge commitment to somebody in front of all these amazing friends and family that came to see that but that should be your main focus is working through that together with your friends and family who are there you don't well if it were me i wouldn't want my mom worrying about are the table linens getting put on the table and the florist is here, but the tables aren't set up yet. What's going to happen? I would want my mom there with me being my, you know, being my supporter and and being right there by my side for whatever I need, even if it's just to like have a dance party in a hotel room as we get ready. Um, And that goes for (laughs) any friend or family member who wants to be there to help. In my opinion, I feel like those people should be there supporting you and someone else who's not as emotionally involved should be in charge of like directing the, the, the chaos of the day. Totally. And and I've had weddings too where maybe the mom would come in for a part, right? Like the mom was there to set the tables because that's really what she wanted and she yeah. had this vision in mind. But then she could go and have time to change or be with her daughter or her son. So she that wasn't her primary role, you know, for us right. as the coordinator, the planner, that, that's our 
primary role for the day is to do that and be there from start to finish. So mm-hmm. If the mom wants to float in or out, that's cool. (laughs) Yeah, and for some of uh, those family members that are very emotionally involved, this is a big deal for them too. It's not just about the couple itself. This is a big deal for the family too, right? So when it comes to those little things that are happening throughout the day, it's important for us as pros too to remember that there's going to be certain things that maybe they've always dreamed about setting up the tables for their daughter's wedding or for their Mm -hmm. sister's wedding. So you have to kind of respect that, but always make sure that they're aware that like, you don't, you don't have to do this. If you want to, that's great, but dump it all the rest of it on me. Like, Mm -hmm. let me, let me take care of the other stressful parts of the day so that you can enjoy this process and then go do whatever else you want without having like a laundry list of things to do. Totally. I had a, I have a thought. It was actually going back to the wedding coordinating um, parents in different roles and that kind of stuff. That that's the entire reason why we ended up hiring you, because like, and I know I've said this a million times so far, but our whole theme to our wedding was just everybody having a good time because everybody was traveling. At least you know the shortest travel time was an hour. So between like my family traveling an hour, some people were traveling in from California, some people were traveling in from Arizona, all over the place. Um, so we didn't want anybody to have to do anything. We didn't want to have, we just didn't want to stress out about anything, whether it was the cards or the gifts or the table linens or whatever. We didn't want to have to worry about transportation or parents like having to carry the cards or the gifts or, or any of that kind of stuff back to the hotel. It just, it just made too much sense to just have somebody in that dedicated role that alleviated everybody else our guests and friends and family from having to do anything but focus on just having some drinks and getting on the dance floor. That was it. Totally. And I hear that all the time. I'd say 75% of my clients, I leave my initial console and that's what comes out of their mouth. We want to have a fun, you know, we want to have a fun, easygoing, good day. And we don't want to have to worry about all the things you listed, which, I mean, how else are you going to do that other than hiring someone? (laughs) Leave it, leave it. She agrees. Molly. She totally agrees. She's like, yes, hire a wedding coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> Molly, go back to sleep. Shh. Mommy's recording. Uh, so, Brie, we, we talked about, you know, all the different things that happen on a, on a wedding day and all the things that come up. And I, I have to ask you from one coordinator to another, what is your, um, what's like your favorite part of a wedding day? I mean, on the sappy side, I would say hands down the bows. I'm such a sucker for the ceremony. And it bums me out like royally when I can't go. Like, let's say they're really far away and they just hired me and, you know, they didn't have the budget for maybe extra coordinators to do dual or or maybe I send one of my other coordinators to do the ceremony and I go back to the ceremony uh, reception space and I miss it. Oh, man, I'm so bummed. I just I love I love the bows so much. And I cry and I sit there. and They're like, who is this girl? This random girl crying if they don't know who I am. Yet. Not the couple, obviously, but the guests. Um, yeah, actually, I'm just going to go with that. That is my hands down my favorite part of the day. That's awesome. I always say my, my favorite moment of the day is like the second before the couple is like officially introduced into the wedding reception. Okay. I like, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm sure this probably isn't necessarily everybody has does wedding party introductions. But the part I'm talking about is right before the reception really officially starts swinging every, you know, the wedding party is introduced, parents are introduced, and then like, you know, the DJ or the band is supposed to just really hype up the the crowd and the guests mm-hmm. and get everybody fired up. And it's like now introducing so-and-so and so-and-so and everybody just goes wild. It's like that the energy like, just... Oh, yeah, I think, it, I think too, because I know at that point, everything is set up. They've, totally they've true. gotten married. <laughs> 
It's like, like that's when I'm texting my husband, like, okay, everything's good, we're okay. good. Great, we made it. Now. Maybe a, maybe a super drunk guest is like the worst of my problem for the rest of the night, but yes. you know. <laughs> I can breathe at this point, but yeah, I just yeah. I love that, and I think maybe too because like dinner's just around the bend too. So. <laughs> totally. But yeah, that, those are like some of my like like tear jerking moments. Like I can make it through most ceremonies sometimes. But that moment, you guaranteed there's tears in my eyes because I just get so, like, excited. <laughs> it's awesome. Dan, you look like you have a thought. Yeah. I just, I, one, I was just thinking about how that was, that was the best part of our wedding day was when we got introduced because it was so overwhelming when we came down the steps and everybody's just, like, losing their minds um, over us just, like, walking into a room. It was, I don't know, it was incredible. Um, but then I was thinking, trying to figure out my favorite parts as a photographer and I think I lean towards like anytime the couple is alone and they like they have a moment to themselves uh and I can be and I can be unseen and be a fly on the wall um that and the father-daughter dance because uh I don't know I think I'm just dreaming of like having a daughter um because my wife is pregnant um ah, congratulations what was your surprise Sorry, all Thank the you. feels all the feels you know <laughs> Uh, like, God, you're already thinking about your kid's wedding. I'm like, oh my God, just get me through like preschool. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm just, I'm a sucker. Like um, emotional men is what cuts right to my core. And that's like, I always look for that. So like, you know, the, the pictures you'll see right on my website is like a groom crying, walking as she, I love know. the groom reactions oh, too, for sure. Gosh, they get that, me. That, like when the, do like oh. the door is open and everyone's looking at the bride, if it's a heterosexual couple, I am looking at the groom. I'm like, that is the better face. Just saying. <laughs> Yeah, that and and when dads cry during the father daughter dance or or some, oh man, those just get right to me. Oftentimes, I'll be behind my camera like, <laughs> so beautiful, Daniel. What's the matter? Nothing, nothing. Allergies. <laughs> I hit myself in the eye. <laughs> and I think it's it's safe to say too, like we're we're here sharing our like favorite moments of the day as pros from our perspective. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's really cool. We get to witness this awesome chapter in our clients' lives. But I think what's what's the takeaway. I think all of us want to give you is that when you're planning your wedding, it's it's not about the what's important to your photographer or your caterer. It's about what's important to you guys as a couple. Mm -hmm. Invest your time yes. and your energy into those moments and everything else will fill in. Trust your pros to do their job. But at the end of the day, it's it's really important to to focus on the parts that are really special to you and the, and the parts that you really get teared up when you go to weddings. Because you, totally, you probably yeah. have gone to a wedding before. And, you know, what are those things that you're really looking forward to? And how can you how can you make that last and be really present mm. in that moment? I think, Brie, that's that's a cool thing that we get to do for our clients. They get uh, to be super present. Agree. Yeah. And I say that to my husband all the time. I'm like, when I stop and think about this day that I get to spend with, I mean, yeah, these people will sometimes become my friends, but really the mo majority of the people at that day are strangers. I've never met their family before. I've never met their friends. And by the end of it, I'm like, I love them all and they love me. And it's just like, it's an <laughs> incredible thing. And then I leave and a lot of them I never really see. I, I won't see the guests ever again. Some of my couples I still talk to, but it's kind of incredible that they invite you to be a part of this you know, really this insane day in their life. And and like you said, Danielle, I mean, the more couples pour themselves into the wedding, that just makes it better, not only for them, but the guests too. I mean, the weddings where the guests, I mean, where the couple really took the time to find out what was important to them, what they wanted, and put themselves in it are always the ones at the end of the night where the guests are like, oh my God, that, that was just such a great wedding. Like still talking about it 10 years later, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. 
So I think as a couple, when you're planning your wedding, you've got all these rules and traditions and things that you're reading on blogs and magazines and and all these things that you're seeing. It's really tough to step back and say, well, what do we have to do on our wedding day? Quote unquote, have to do on our wedding day. And I know, Bray, you are a big rule breaker. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, I, tell, I tell all my couples, there are no rules. Then when they tell me, do I have to do this? I go, I don't know. Do you want to do that? To me, like, who? there's no police. There's nobody going to come, like, knock down your door and be like, what are you <laughs> doing? You have to wear a veil. Like, that's the thing with the internet that's gotten a little crazy is that people feel this pressure. And, you know, some of it comes from family. But then again, I say, well, what does it mean something to you? Like, yes, your mom really wants you to do this one thing during the ceremony. And does it mean something to you? No. Okay. Well, does it really mean a lot to your mom? Can you compromise maybe? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I love to break the rules and it's worked really well for me because all my couples kind of are the same types of people. And some of them still do traditional things and I'm cool with that too. But to me, I want it to mean something. I want them to at least understand the tradition and and have made a decision that we're not just doing this for the sake of doing it because you're supposed to on a wedding day, but you really wanted. Like, you know, the father-daughter dance, I think would be a great example. Back to that, uh, Dan, like it's something obviously you're already thinking about now and your wife's just pregnant. So that'll be, God, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about your unborn child's dance with you someday, which is kind of creepy, (laughs) but really, but that like meant that means something, you know, versus you know, maybe you don't have a really good relationship with your parents. So why do the dance if it doesn't really mean that much to you? You know? Yeah. If yeah. it makes it more awkward, then why? Yeah. Why? Why dip your toe in that pond? Yeah. Hmm. And people think they have to. And I said, well, why? Why? Like, where does that come from? Is what I always say back to them. And they're like, oh, yeah, I don't know. We just yeah. thought we did. And if you try and pack your wedding day with every single wedding tradition rule out there, it's it's not possible. <laughs> so, or sometimes what I think ends up happening is then that's when you get these weddings that maybe don't feel all that personalized because everyone's mm-hmm. doing the same ten things that maybe Pinterest or a wedding blog or a magazine tells us to do. There's you know, it's not feeling very different or special or you know special is not the right word. It's just not feeling very personal maybe. Yeah. So going back to, you know, we know you are, you just celebrated your five-year anniversary with your hubby. So you had to have broken rules on your wedding day. But what's yeah, much your, to like, my mom's dismay. <laughs> <laughs> when she listens to this, she's going to kill me. I can't believe you said that. I'm <laughs> That's okay. We love, we love Bree's mom. <laughs> I love my mom. I, love I think it's, I think it's a generation thing. Um, um, yes, definitely. And, and that's totally fair. But like you said before, it's about compromise. And, and finding that balance to what's important to us and what's important to our family. Because um, Dan and I have a, a previous episode, episode two um, of season one, where we talk about how your wedding day is your party for everybody else. So you make up a very small percentage of your guest yeah. list. And you have to take in consideration the other like 99% of the people are, that are there. And part of that is not just doing those traditions for you, um, because you feel like you have to do them. Like, get your guests involved or, or skip over things. Like if you don't want to do a garter and bouquet toss, you do not have to do a garter and bouquet toss. In fact, I probably recommend not doing a garter and bouquet toss. I totally agree. I'm not a big fan of that. One of my couples this summer uh, poured a beer and they made it into a black and tan because they like love beer. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. During their wedding ceremony, yeah. Instead of a union oh. candle, they're like, we're each going to pour a beer into a glass and it's going to end up being a black and tan. I was like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> bloody brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just stuff like that, right? Because like the unity candle is cool and you can do that, but you could also find other ways that speak to you that might you know mean something special to your relationship. 
Yeah. When it comes to unity, anything, look around your house and see what you have that makes up your house, especially if you're living together, obviously. Yeah, like, but like Andy and I missed opportunity to do something Harry Potter related. We did the candle, but, you know, I feel like we should have had a Harry Potter book or something. Did something with that. <laughs> Read the Unbreakable Vow or something. <laughs> That's awesome. Sorry that I have to get married again. <laughs> I'm sure Andy will understand. He will. So, <laughs> so thinking back though on your wedding day, Brie, like what's a part of your like what's a favorite part of your day that really stands out for you? Oh my god, I loved our wedding. I mean, it's literally still the background of my computer. Um, I, you know, I still have pictures hanging up in my cube, and I really, Andy and I really took the time to put ourselves into that wedding. And you know how, how I said how guests later will still tell you that they had such a good time, and um, people still tell us in emails or if we see like Andy's parents, friends, or whatever, they're like, "Oh yeah, your wedding, man. That was that was a good one." And I think we made the decisions that were things that we wanted, but also things that were important to our family and our guests that were coming and. Um, God, the whole day was just magical. Oh my God. We had a really good weather in November in DC. So that kind of just set the tone and we had a live band and they killed it. And we kicked off the day with Hall and Oates down the aisle. And so, you know, we had a good <laughs> mix of some Christian, um, influence in our ceremony. Um, but really played Jimmy Eat world and all music that was very important to Andy and I, and music was a big part of our day. Um, yeah, and we just had fun. We just had, it was literally like the funnest day of my life. The most fun, funnest, <laughs> am I not being? <laughs> most <laughs> funnest, I, I believe the most, is the... <laughs> the most fun part of my day, yeah. And we were comfortable too. Like we, they wore shoes, uh, sneakers and suits and I wore a short dress because I was like, I'm not going to want some train, you know? Like that's just not me and I wouldn't be comfortable in that. And so I didn't do it, you know? I'm not I don't want, want some that. train. I, I mean, people, because it's funny you say these things and people project back onto you. Oh, you'll change your mind. You'll go to the dress shop and you're going to put on this big gown and you're going to say, this is what I want. And I said, I don't think so. I don't think I'm going to change. And I did. I mean, I didn't. And I don't regret mm -hmm. it at all. I love my short little dress. And so. it would have been totally okay if you did change your mind. I think sometimes. Oh, yeah, because people think they what they want and then they go to the store and that does happen where they put on the dress and they're like, oh, no, you know what? I do want to look like this. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. But for me, it just wasn't the case. One of my clients just sent me a picture the other day of her dress that she picked out um, for her upcoming wedding. And I was like, oh, my God, it's gorgeous. And it's truly stunning on her. Like, it looks like it was made for her. And she's like, Danielle, no lie. I picked it out as a joke thinking, oh, there's no way I'll ever wear this. Oh my I'm, just God. Gonna, I'm just going to humor my mom or whoever was there <laughs> with her. And she's like, I absolutely loved it. And I was like, that happens. See? Totally, totally. So that's, I mean, that's a good mind. point then for listeners is, you know, don't necessarily just turn down the traditions make an educated decision or at least try you never know right yeah don't don't make a decision based on how you think you want to make a decision try it out see how it feels mm -hmm. and go from there it's it, totally. and if anything i i just feel like i've i have never had the experience of going and trying on wedding dresses i've i've toyed with the idea but feel like that's probably really wrong and you shouldn't do that because <laughs> i just think it'd be really fun to do as a girl yeah but, why not I just think it's such a cool moment to have to share with your with your friends and your closest like the closest people in your life to go and just have a really fun time of it. And maybe that's really? like the the movie rom com lover. <laughs> but I just feel like that has to be a really cool experience. And even if you're just doing it to be like, you know what, I know what I want, but let's have fun. Let's have yeah. a good laugh at my curves or my lack of whatever. chest or whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, let's just roll with it. So definitely, that's really funny. So. 
Danielle tells me that you're uh, that you're a big Harry At Potter least fan. Sometimes, yes. <laughs> Dude, it is a selling point on my website. I have it on me my too. website, me and too. people and email me and they say reasons why I want to work with you. And if they mention Harry Potter, which a lot of them do, I'm like, this is going to work. It's like <laughs> We're best the best marketing now. tool I've ever put. I have it on my um, my employment form. So when people contact me to say like, hey, I want to work with you or intern with you or whatever, I always point them to this really lengthy and absurd um, uh, question and answer form. And mm-hmm. one of them is, do you like Harry Potter? And like the it's like a multiple choice of, of course, are you kidding me? Like, uh, who's Harry Potter? And if they say who's Harry Potter, I really have to take a step back and be like, whoa, whoa wait, <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to work. Yeah, so... Um. Do you have a favorite character? Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Loaded, loaded this is hard. Questions. Usually I, I get the favorite book is mostly, which I had a client console and half of the console went to talk about Harry Potter, but that was what the bride-to-be asked me. Um, <laughs> favorite character. Oh, my goodness. You stumped me. I need to think about this. Can we okay. come back to that? Well, I will what, think. What's your favorite book? Oh, my God. Definitely three. I the character development of three when a freaking rat turns into a man and you're like what <laughs> that to me was just when I was like JK she has a plan she knows what she's doing I'm a believer plus it was I think when they started to really grow up too you know one and two when I was reading them I was in high school I'm people I'm telling my age um but you know they felt younger but three to me was when it started to be like a little more serious and I, I don't know. I, I loved it. And then, I mean, seven, I mean, how could the end? Oh, epic, you know? One and two were children's books. Three is when it turned into, you know, legit That's, uh, that's how I felt. Yeah. 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 Well, three is what? Prisoner of Azkaban? Yeah. Yeah, Prisoner yeah. of Azkaban with Sirius Black and Scabbers and all that. People. Yeah. Okay. Yes, don't, you're right. Don't make me slap all of you. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, my brain is not what it used to be. No, oh, just you wait, Daniel, when your child comes, you will know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just went back and um, reread book one. And okay. I've, I've never done that. I, I've reread um, books two through seven a few times. Really? Um, especially like four through seven. I'll really go back and reread those yeah. again. I love reading those books. And I liked the other books too, but rereading one, there is a lot of like little hidden goodies in there. Foreshadowing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that like reading it, you're like, oh, it's so exciting. Yeah, like Hagrid comes in on Sirius Black's motorcycle, and you and don't even know who Sirius, Sirius Black is, and like that's when you're like, wow, she was, she is a genius. Yeah, yeah I would always reread all of them before <laughs> the next book came out. So mm-hmm. I think again, I think four was like new because the first three had come out. I think when I started reading them, so four came out. I did one through three. Five came out. I did one through four. I even oh my god, I can't even believe I'm sharing the story. Seven came out and I was backpacking backpacking across Europe with my sister. I freaking carried these books in my backpack. Like <laughs> you know how much that weighed. But I had to, I had to reread one through six before seven came out, and we were in France and like trying like the morning it came out, we're walking down the street like, where is Harry Potter? We have to find it. <laughs> this is definitely going in the episode. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about this forever. I am obsessed. Um, I love it. I love cool. it. Okay, enough Harry Potter. <laughs> um, digressing back to weddings. Um, so. If we were talking about all these rules and traditions and all that kind of stuff, um, Brie, what what do you think is one of the things that you think every couple should include on their wedding day? Sure. I mean, generically speaking, I think I'd say 
you definitely need to hire professional vendors. Um, that's not to say that some might not be a friend. Maybe that's also a professional. That'd be nice. Um, but really, I say to all my clients, the people you hire to run your wedding day, if they're pros that know what they're doing and they fit with your personality, they didn't just maybe give you a deal, mm. um, will help make your wedding day go so smooth and they, they'll execute what you want. And so for me, that's, you know, obviously it makes my life a lot easier if um, as the coordinator, they've hired a bunch of pros, especially ones that I know and have worked with. That's great if we've all worked together before. Um, but I also get hired at the end as the, as the last person who's like, yeah, all my friends keep telling me I need a coordinator and I have everything else already done and all the vendors already planned. And, that, and that's fine too. I can, I can do that as well. But, it, but the importance is that they're professionals and that they know what they're doing and that really that you get along with them. I say all the time that it's it's really personality is a big part of hiring your wedding vendors and making sure you guys jive and uh, not to make it go back to Harry Potter again. But it's true <laughs> when I say that my couples that enjoy Harry Potter as much as I do, we tend to have um, a very great relationship and the wedding day usually goes fantastic because I just, I feel like I know them a little better maybe. I, I don't really know. But we just know that we're that kind of person, I guess, and have that similar uh quality and thing that we like in common and it just makes the relationship work a lot better. That really relates to um, an episode we just did on how to pick your pros and that a big part of it is connection. That's totally. Nice. <laughs> it's pretty much like the underlying bold italic connection is is the key to the whole thing there. If you don't feel the warm and fuzzies. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Danielle loves the warm and fuzzies. I love the warm and fuzzies. I'm a big go with your gut type it's person. It's so true. It's so true. All the feels. Yeah. You need that. And I, I think too, Brie, something you'd mentioned before, and I, I think I want to clarify this a little bit more too, is that there's different types of pros out there and even friends or, or whatever it is. I like um, this one blog called A Practical Wedding. The um, best. Yep. I read I read Meg's book and I, I like the blog a lot too. I follow it regularly. And one of the things they call um, like a day of coordinator is a wedding day director. So I think when you are looking for um, a pro, specifically someone who's going to be kind of um, – directing through the day and, and managing the timeline and doing all those different things, it's important to keep an open mind as far as what that pro may be called. Sure. Um, I know like a common term is day of coordinator, but I think Brie, you'd agree, no day of coordinator should ever just show up on the wedding day without any prep. Oh God, no, no way. Yes. But, and again, I, don't, I think the naming doesn't help us there. Cause I think that's right. what people think when they think of a day of coordinator. And I don't know about you, Danielle, sometimes it, the cost is like, well, you're just there for the day. And it's like, yeah, no, not really. <laughs> We're doing a lot more ahead of time. Otherwise that day is not going to go smooth. <laughs> right. And it, it's all about what you invest into it. And <clears throat> obviously we can only speak for ourselves here. Everybody does things differently. Totally. Just as every photographer, caterer, everybody does things differently. Um, but I really love to invest as much time and energy as I can into getting to know the couple so that on the wedding day, I'm making decisions based on them so that I know what's a priority. I, I know all these different things. And the more time you spend with them, that's not to say you need to spend a year with your coordinator, but those final weeks before the wedding are really crucial. That's when a lot of things are coming together. So if anybody... Uh, and I may shoot myself in the foot for this, but if anybody, if any vendor says, hey, um, I'll coordinate your wedding, I just show up that day and everything's going to go smoothly, it's, it, be careful with that. Yeah, yeah just That's be terrifying. wary of it, you know, I, right. and I would totally agree. I mean, 
it's it's awesome when you know the couple well enough that if a vendor or somebody comes up to you and asks a question, I mean, the last thing I want to do on the wedding day is bug the couple if it's something that I should be able to handle without them. And if I know them well, then I can think just like them and think, oh, you know, they're not going to care. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, there's different kinds of wine. Which one do they want on the table? Just put a bottle or write a bottle away. It's not the big deal. Or it's the couple who like lives and breathes wine and they knew exactly what they wanted on the table. Well, you're not just going to say any bottle will do. But you took the time to know them. If you just showed up that day, you might not know that detail. Right. Mm. Exactly. And that makes a difference. Right. And I think when it comes to asking a friend or family member to fill in that role of wedding day director or whatever it is, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, don't, Don't get us wrong with that. But when you are a professional coordinator or consultant or planner, whatever you want to be called, when you're professional at that, we've taken the time to really learn what the questions we need to ask. So on the wedding day, we know the things that are going to potentially come up. It's a 24-hour day, just like any other day, and things are going to go right and things are going to go wrong. And you want somebody there who knows how to handle all the different things that happen on a wedding day. And while it's amazing that your friend is offering to do that position for you, it can be and I say this with love, it can be so freaking stressful and crazy, the amount of responsibility that sits on your shoulders. Totally. And that's a lot sometimes to ask of somebody. So it's it's always about prioritizing with your budget, but I can't stress enough how important it is to have somebody yeah. there on your team, like who knows you and, and is just rocking and rolling on all fronts for your wedding. Yeah, yeah. I, could, I couldn't agree more. I, I know... And I've I said it before, and I'll say it again. By the time our wedding rolled around, you knew more about our wedding, the flow of things, the vendors, the um, the timeline, uh, everything. You knew more about our wedding than we did, and we were just like, "Well, <laughs> we can sit back and do exactly what every couple should do: enjoy it carefree." Mm-hmm. And that definitely. doesn't mean that Dan and Rachel just went through the day like skipping, and and there was definitely some hiccups throughout the day. There's like, always something. I, I didn't. Exactly. Are, there were hiccups throughout the day. You might, you have been <laughs> oh, but I still remember my hiccup, Dan. Are you kidding? There was what? There was mostly just one hiccup, and I will never forget it. <gasps> what was your hiccup? I want to know. <laughs> It was, I don't want to sell anyone out. Um, No, it was the sound um, guy that came with the band, I guess. I don't think he was really a part of the band. He was just maybe a sub or something that they brought to do the sound. Didn't have the cable, even though they swore up and down that they would have the cable to hook up our iPad to the sound system because we did a first dance, but we did a flash dance. So we had a very particular song. So it couldn't have just been like any song. And we had rehearsed and set out these YouTube tapes. Like this dance was like a big deal, right? Well, they didn't have the cord. So during the cocktail hour, my brother and law is like trying to find a radio shack that's open like I mean right mayhem because and and the coordinator that I had who was through the catering company actually again things I learned right um was like well can't we just do it later and I'm like no you don't like no we can't so luckily the videographer for some reason had this cable in his stash of cables and it worked out okay but I have that, that was, cable I remember in my like, kit bag. <laughs> it's a good thing to have cables, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a lot yeah, of I'll weird AP equipment. I'll never forget that I don't know why, but no, the dance was a big deal. Uh, I, do you, Bree, do you, after a wedding, do you kind of like recap mentally everything that happened and kind of like work through and process it? <sighs> These days, I just want to go home and go to bed because it's past my bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> 10.30, I get things. exhausted. Uh, mine's like nine these days, but, um, I, the end of the night for me is just like, let's, I want to like wrap it up and get people out as fast as possible. I try not to do too much processing. It's mostly just trying to like 
check the boxes, boxes, make sure appropriate things are getting put. Because it's always mayhem, right, at the end of the night. Like, you can't imagine that things get teared down, torn down in an hour. It's kind of nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, that so takes, like, 10 hours me, to set up. For me, my focus is, like, what, you know, where's the cards? Where are, like, the important things? Was there, like, a knife that was great-grandma's that, like, needs to make sure it gets back to the couple? Stuff like that. But um, I tend to try to process the next day when I'm a little more with it. <laughs> All right, Bree. So we've been talking for a while now about all kinds of wedding stuff and a little bit of Harry Potter. And um, I think we should probably wrap it up so that we don't chat on for a few hours. But um, was there any like final thoughts or anything that you wanted to share? Ooh, final thoughts. Um, yeah, we did talk a lot about a lot of different things. Um, I think the highlights here are just really this phrase goes around a lot these days, but you do you like Feel you trust your gut. Go with the vendors that make the sense. Um, pick the traditions that may mean something to you, but maybe don't do the ones that don't. And really, your wedding day is going to be a really great fun day if you guys just kind of take the time to think and talk about with each other what it means to you and, and what you want to include that day and and the guests that are coming and your family member as well. And and then that day will just be a great extension of both of you as individuals and together as a couple. Awesome. Sweet. Cool. We are going to have all these show notes up on the podcast website, put a ring on it, podcast.com. So make sure to head over there. You can check out Bree's website. I like calling it Capro, the capital so romance. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so cool. Um, she, her blog, I love following it. She's always sharing really cool stuff and really practical advice, which Dan and I are, are big fans of. But um, as you know, the other way to help the podcast grow is to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. And if you're listening to us in the future, hello, future listener, um, still leave us that feedback. We want to know. Send us, um, send us a message, whatever you got. We, we love hearing from you guys, and we want to continue to bring you guys really good stuff um, throughout the season and, and throughout future seasons as well. So, Bree, thank you so much for chatting with us. Thanks, we, guys. Thanks for having me. We love having you. I love, I love hearing your thoughts. It's always fun to, um, to dive into your head a little bit. So, Thanks for having me so much. Thanks for coming on, Bree. We will. We should have you on again. Please, yeah. I can talk forever, so whatever you guys want to hear, I'll give you an opinion on it. Just for, ask my husband. For a special Harry Potter episode coming up. Yes. You know how many followers you'd probably get? <laughs> Harry Potter wedding exclusive. Yes. All the ways you can incorporate Harry Potter into your wedding day. Our first three-hour podcast. <laughs> Part one. <laughs> Part one. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We hope you ha- enjoy what you hear, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody.